McNulty's done incredibly well to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. Bosby are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good change by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty yeah, scores yeah. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They've won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce and Matt Corrick. Proud to be Pompey. Hi, Bolton fans, and welcome to the PO Forecast, episode 32. Well, this week I've got a guest on the show, friend of the show, James Robbins. You guys already know who he is. He's the host of the Thursday and Monday Football Hour on Express FM. And I really wanted to get James on at this crucial time of the year to go through the top five teams in the league in League One and look at the four or five remaining games and really just see where we think both of us differently um, Pompey are going to finish, but also where every other team in that top five are going to finish as well. So in part one, though, we do review the Rochdale game, as we always do on the show. And then in part two, we really get into it, going through each one of the fixtures and you know seeing what what where we differ, really, and ultimately who finishes where in the league. So I hope you guys really enjoy it. And yeah, this is a chat with me and James. How are you? Hello, yeah, very well, thanks, mate, very well, delighted to be on here. I would say as ever, this is my first time on it, like you said, but no, I'm really looking forward to it. No, James, it's been absolutely a long time coming. I mean, I've, I've been on on uh, Express FM with you and uh, with yeah. Jake as well, so it's absolutely great to have you back here on the podcast. No, I know, it's uh, no, always a pleasure to be here on what is, you know, um, one, of, one of the more exciting finishes uh, in the country. Yeah. Indeed, mate. It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be such a cracking. So let's just get started. So let people know. In part one, we'll be reviewing the Rochdale game. In part two, me and James are going to do a deep dive into the remaining fixtures for all the top five teams, as well as talking about a new contract for a player if you don't know already. And then in part three, we're going to be uh, previewing the two games coming up against Burton and Coventry. So, a lot to get through, James. So, let's get started. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> it, yeah. Part one, Rochdale. It, it was a great victory, wasn't it? Um, Jamal Lowe, who's absolutely outstanding in that game. Yeah, no, that's um, a lot of the feedback we got on Monday night. Every, uh, many people thought Lowe uh, was exceptional. I've got to say, I thought also Tom Naylor played his part really well um, in the victory. And he's progressed as the season's gone on. I think, actually, probably since he took... The captain's armband. His um, his performances have stepped up, and he's maintained them at that level. And just a real rock in front of um, that back four, which is, you know, as, as Kelly Jacket has has done throughout his career, is build from the back and then and then work your way forward. I mean, at this stage of the season, Hugh, it's just it's all about picking up the wins, and it's just the three points that matter. I I, get, I know there's an argument to say that actually, you know, it's like that for the. For the remainder of the season, um, I don't buy into that argument. But for now, it's yes, just get these maximum points. 
and get ourselves into to the championship automatically. I didn't think Rochdale were a bad side, actually. Um, I thought they played some decent football. Uh, yeah. They passed the ball around well. Um, I actually had a look and see if there was a decent price on them staying up uh, <laughs> uh, in League One. Yeah, there's about two to one knocking about. Two okay. and a half to one. So, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be lumping on that. Um, but no, I thought uh, I thought they were a decent side. But most importantly, the Blues got the win that they needed to do. Um, I mean, Ollie Hawkins as well. He's when he's come on the football hours, even by his own admission, he says that one of the uh, areas of his game he needs to work on is actually being more clinical and scoring goals, which is uh, sure. weird, weird as a striker. And I thought it was uh, quite a good, quite a good header, especially early on in the game. Um, I think it's his tenth goal of the season now. So he's he's coming to the fore nicely, and he's got Bogle hot on his heels. So he knows if he doesn't perform, he's out. It's, it's as simple as that. So it's a lot of positives to take from from that win against Rochdale. Yeah, sure. And we talk about Tom Naylor. I remember I talked to um, I think it's Joshua from the Burton Sportsman in an article at the start of the year, and he was saying I asked him the question that can Tom Naylor raise his you know his level of play for big games. And what he said to me was, Hugh, he doesn't, he can't raise his level because he plays at that hundred and ten percent throughout the season. So yeah. that's that is the sort of player Tom Naylor is, and that's why he's absolutely fantastic to have, especially at this uh, point in the season when all these games are so important. That we get a win. I think just from from where I from where I stand, it's just such a comfort blanket when you know that if they are going, um, you know, if Rochdale, for example, when they're going through on goal, and yeah. All right, they might get round Christian Burgess, but you know that then Naylor's going to be covering Burgess, and he's going to be um, almost become that last line of defence, um, which is which sounds a bit strange, but um, he's he's been. If you're doing a player of the season uh, competition, I mean, good luck trying to pick a winner, but Tom Naylor has to be in that conversation. Um, I think Knightsey says it uh, a lot, and many successful managers say that. Uh, a successful team needs captains all over the pitch. And I, as I said, I think actually from when Naylor put the armband on, he sees himself as one of the uh, more experienced players in that dressing room as well. The performances match that. The performances you can see um, it, what he is, or the, the player he is, um, and trying to get everyone to his level. And I mean, look, at, we'll, we'll touch on Ben Close, I'm sure, in the next part of the show. But I, it's no surprise that Look at, yeah, Ben Thompson was a brilliant footballer, but yeah. I'm sure that helped him develop. I have absolutely no doubt the reason Ben Close is developing as a footballer and is getting uh, better as a footballer is A, the coaching through from Kenny Jacket, and B, I think playing alongside Tom Naylor. That's exactly what I was going to say there, James. You took the words out of my mouth, and it's, it's no coincidence <laughs> that uh, Ben Close has also been given more freedom to score goals as well with Tom Naylor playing that sort of more holding holding midfield role in a classic way which has allowed Ben Close to get forward and score so many more goals as well as get the passing going forward and allowing us to retain possession further up the field which is absolutely fantastic um just looking at, at the goal biggest, that was Sorry? one of the biggest from Wembley wasn't it I mean a lot of people say the game yeah. changed when Keith Evans came on but actually I mean Kenny Jackett said it himself it's when Tom Naylor dropped back Ben Close came um, became more of a central attacking midfielder or took more responsibility going forward. And it's, again, a lesson learned just in time for that crucial running. And do you, do you think that you've got this sort of link-up now, haven't you, where you've got, you've got Naylor, 
Then you've then you've sort of got Ben Close, and then going forward, you've got Pittman, who's dropped back into this sort of number ten role, and then he's there to sort of come deep a bit deeper and pick up the balls as well, and it sort of starts this sort of tic tac toe passing, which you know we haven't seen earlier in the season with Pompey. <laughs> to be fair, we haven't <laughs> seen much in two thousand and nineteen. Um, I mean, oh, just yeah. I'm firstly, I'm delighted that we're actually watching some proper football. Uh, of getting the ball down on the ground. Um, I think actually you're uh, <laughs> um, the Adam who also runs the, the PNN accounts or one of my tweets about some of the football we've had to endure. Um, it's, it's, but, you know, we, we're around the other side of it. We're, we're playing some positive stuff. And like you were saying, I mean, even when Pittman was leading the line, do you remember last season? He was, yeah. he was dropping so deep to pick up those, um, those balls even inside the Pompey half and trying to get an attack moving from there and it used to drive me insane that the person leading the line is you know often just playing in midfield picking passes <sighs> picking the ball up in the middle of the field and trying to get something going but I mean he's, he looks a different player at this number 10 role doesn't he, he I mean does. he's lethal and I can't believe he is well on track at the minute for being the Blues top goal scorer at the end of the season um, but just the experience, the just the knowledge, I think, more than anything, um, it's, it's been an absolutely inspired tactical move by Kenny. No, it has indeed, isn't it? And I think when you look at Hawkins up front at the moment, he's such a handful for defenders. I remember I was at Wickham, um, as listeners would know, I was sat in the executive box because I was there for work. Woo-hoo! Check you out. I know, mate. Allowed to drink beer in the stand. But, um, yeah, you know so what? That's, I really hope that doesn't come into football, drinking beer in the stands. Trust me. People listening think, oh, it'll be great, you know, sit, sit in the stands, watch football, drink beer. Yeah. Trust me, it's dreadful. It's I, As far as I'm concerned, it's the one rule that the authorities have got right. Yeah, is that, um, what's that, James? Well, I mean, this is this is a bit of a humble brag, but because uh, yeah. I was out in Russia for the World Cup, and uh, you've got those, you know, those flashy light Budweiser things that you see on uh, yeah. uh, that you saw on the telly. So obviously, you know, we're we're in there going, oh, Christ, he's brilliant. You know, you can get beer and watch the football with a beer. Or yeah, it's it's ridiculous because you know when when England are going forward, you want to clap, you want to cheer, you want to, you know, but you're doing that and you're just getting yourself covered in beer. And you know, when a goal scored, your natural reactions to, um, you know, your arms to go up. Well, you can't do that. Well, you, you do do it, and then you just get covered in beer. So, it's it, honestly, people, trust me, the drinking in the stands, although it sounds great, is not unless you're sort of doing the executive route and just yeah. sort of there, and you can, you know, prawn sandwiches and a and a San Miguel and whatnot. That's it. Plenty of San Miguel. I think. I think the thing is, yeah, you've heard it here, people. James Robbins. Don't drink beer in the stands. You, James, will you be putting a petition together if, if we are, if it does happen? Ah, uh, do you know what? It'd be really weird because I, yeah, I would actually. I'd, but then people would think I'd be one of those sort of, um, those new modern football fans that are sort of very happy clappy and stuff. So I wouldn't yeah. want to sit down on that. But I mean, they could, the sooner they get a safe standing in, they focus on that rather than, trying to get trying to get beer in but i think it's i think it's good even at half time like some of the most lively places are in the concourse at half time uh um, no, yeah i agree completely i think the thing is as well is that safe standing as you've just touched on mate that'd be an absolute treat doesn't seem any reason why you can't do it you do it in Bundesliga, um and i don't see why we can't bring it into into league one 
I mean, to be honest, right, everyone that was at Luton away is going to vouch for safe standing. Luton away, where the... the I mean, I'm six foot three, so, I mean, mm-hmm. leg room, most places, is non-existent. But this was a joke. This was genuinely... Every time Pompey went forward, I feared for my own... Like, I thought I was going flying overseas. It was ridiculous. There is really absolutely no, there is absolutely no way that safe standing is more dangerous than that loot and away end. And it's, no. there's something, something. Or, like, I'm not. I mean, I'm. Um, I, I just think seating is, especially when people, um, you know, because you, you you can't you can't sit in those stands. You, you, my view is you can't sit in an away end. But I, I guess there's for one reason or another pe- people have to. But it's it's just ridiculous that we don't have it in this country to be quite honest um but and the sooner that happens i mean imagine the fratten end with safe standard it'd be absolutely incredible wouldn't it and i think it also allows people to if they want to sit down somewhere else to go and sit down somewhere else you then you, you don't then have that sort of um conflict of interest or or whatever going on you could you could do let's say 15 rows of seating in the fratten end the first 15 rows of seating and then you have standing. And I guarantee that it would make the atmosphere at Fratton Park better than what it is now. Obviously, yeah. there's going to be games where the atmosphere is you know, not too good because the team's not playing well and people are struggling to get behind the team and whatnot. But for the most part, it will make the atmosphere better. I've probably been a bit too critical of the Fratton atmosphere this season. Uh, probably in the season before, I just don't think it's been at the levels which we portray a Portsmouth atmosphere to be. Um, I think the, the, one of the few games it has been was the Sunderland game, which was, I mean, mm-hmm. that, if we could get It was back rocking, to- wasn't it? It was absolutely, from, from before the first whistle even started, it was, it was completely, yeah, everyone was standing. Everyone was standing. People were, I mean, Nathan Thompson actually set the tone where the crowd was bouncing. He clattered into one of their players and it, the roar was like someone had scored. And, you know, that when Fratton gets like that, it's a special place to be. And I'm sure a, just an awful place as an opposition player to play in. Um, you know, we've got, what, three more games there? Yep. You, need, you need three more atmospheres like that. No, I think we do indeed. And I think I was hoping that the Chicka Trade Trophy win and the fan celebrations and stuff would help bring back a an even more lively atmosphere to Fratton Park. Do you feel that that was the case? Um, it's, it's difficult to judge on, on one game. I think I'm very much, you don't experience what Pompey fans are like until Pompey has their backs against the wall. You don't like some of those true, you know, the, the, the playoff game against Plymouth, um, just just a brilliant case in point. Just the atmosphere for that game was um, electric. My missus, we were funnily renting off a uh, renting a flat uh, down by uh, down in sort of South Sea. It was by not Clarence Pier, whatever the other pier is called, uh, over by sort of like South Sea Beach Cafe. She could hear, hear the roar from the girl. Yeah. As, as that went in and the roar from the crowd so that's when you experience the best of Pompey fans it sounds weird but when, when things are going well and when things are going alright um, it's when sort of the, the atmosphere gets a, gets a bit stale but hopefully now 
we've got a chance to get into the automatic promotion places. There's a few people writing us out. Let's get behind them. Yeah, no, I completely agree, James. And I think when we talk about back against the wall, that's when you see some of these clubs in the northeast filing out, isn't it? In huge amounts, you know, and you see the, the likes of Newcastle and Sunderland, you know, they're 2 0 down, it's 70, 80 minutes gone, and, and they're already, you know, showing their dis- <laughs> displeasure with their feet. Uh, yeah, um, not that we're the world's greatest at sort of staying when it's uh, 2 3 0 down. Um, I, I think there was, oh, I can't remember what game it was this season. At home, I think the third goal went in and everyone just went, right, I've seen enough. Um, but no, I think, you know what, I think Northeast fan base is the most overrated in the country. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, look, Sunderland's, I, I get, I, I mean, I got a bit sort of embarrassed by some of the, our fans are better than your fans and sort of exchanges which seem to be going on um, mm-hmm. on Twitter in the build-up to the Sunderland game. But, I mean, again, they're just this these real arrogant bunch of football fans who who demand success because, you know, the football the football club is the only good thing that's going for them up there. I mean, they came <laughs> to... Yeah, that's not, I mean, yeah, it's, true. it's like, so, you know, they came to Fratton Park. You wouldn't know they were there. Wembley, other than the goals wouldn't have known they were there um and i'm sure it will be the same when we go up there um in a couple of weeks time newcastle get a team who the fans demand such success um and think they're one of the biggest clubs you know in europe they're not nowhere near we have achieved more than they have in the past what 20 years yeah for sure i mean castle done to to warrant to warrant um being regarded as one of the the biggest clubs in the land but i'm sure that'll be a, a debate for another day i'm sure we could do that at that um podcast in conjunction with roker report possibly oh god yeah they'll love me yeah <laughs> no so just go back to the game quickly yeah i just realized i thought we should just like round off that that section of the thing obviously we talked about hawkins goal it was, it was a fantastic header to to divert home um i just think that when we look at the a few chances that hawkins had hawkins had as well i thought he was a bit unlucky he got himself in great in great uh, positions um there was a ball from lee brown from the left that he sort of tried to take sort of first time on and volley in it went straight at the keeper yeah. but I think on another day that could have that could have gone in as well. And then, you know, we're looking at an absolute hatful. And then uh, you, look at, you look at Nathan Thompson winning that penalty. And sometimes when Nathan Thompson goes down, you think, mm, is it, is it not? But that was as clear a penalty as you ever get, wouldn't it, James? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even think the bloke really um, like appealed to the referee against it, did he? I think it was just... Um, uh, I mean, the, the penalty is fairly stonewall. He's Nathan Thompson's fire, and it wasn't even a Thompson flop. He got clattered, but he knew the contact was coming, and that's the, the clever part of Nathan Thompson's game. As everyone's seen, he knows when the contact is, whether it's a flick on his ear or getting absolutely walloped like he did there. Yeah. He knows how to win fouls in critical areas of the um, of the pitch. I mean, just going back to the Ollie Hawkins one, mate. I think you're being <laughs> being very uh, very positive I think if you give him that chance another 10 times I think he's probably only scoring about two of them and, he, and he, I think Ollie knows that as well I think he knows that he's got to improve that bit of the game um, his game um, do you think 
Do you think then that it's because it was on his feet or just because it was just generally a chance in that sense and he's only going to take a certain percentage of them? I think it probably, do you know what? I think it probably just came at him too quick. I think if, I mean, if he had taken, I mean, whether, I can't remember if he would have been able to take a touch or not, but I think if, if he was able to take a touch, he scores. Um, it's but, tight. It's tight. It's tight. He, think, he, maybe he could have taken a touch, but it, it I, might I mean, have been closed down. Oh, no, in that situation, I think you've, you've got to hit the ball first time. Um, but, I mean, if he did have the luxury, say, if the ball fell to him on the penalty spot and he had the luxury of taking the touch, I'd be more confident with him scoring that than I would be a ball sort of uh, coming across like that. I think, the, I mean, football's about levels. I think he knows, I mean, he's improved massively over over the summer and, con- and has continued to um, improve as the season's gone on. But clinical... I mean, being clinical in the championship and being a, an effective striker. Look at look at Pittman. If if that, I mean, let's I mean, let's be fair about it. If that exact chance falls to Pittman, that's a goal, and that's yeah. the that Hawkins needs to get at. No, I agree. It is, and but I think the two of them combined at the moment are, are proving to be an absolute hatful, aren't they? Or handful even for. Um, opposition defenders because I think Pittman was struggling to hold the line up front on his own in that number nine position but with his finishing ability and his ability to peel off and, and find space it seems like a, a bit of a dream partnership at the moment Do you know what? I think it's Pittman he just I don't think he was getting the, the service which he should have been getting um, I just don't think the, the ball's into the box for him or the um, the, just the level of service was 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 good enough, and but it has improved throughout the season. And I suppose players like Omar Bogle, who have actually been a lot more physical at the beginning of the line. I mean, Ollie Hawkins being a lot more physical at the top of the line and bringing other players into it. It just helps Pittman games massively. I mean, what these fucking referees are looking at, um, I have absolutely no idea. I have. No, I've, I agree. I agree. Hawkins is getting penalised all the time for things that aren't fouls. But it's, they're not even being given. That's that's what annoys me the most. I mean, it's. I mean, let's be the standard of refereeing um, in League One is it, it's just abysmal. I mean, I won't I won't say who, but um, I was talking to to one of the players about it, and he he said, you know, he genuinely didn't realise just how bad the drop-off of standard and refereeing is from where from the championship down to League One. I mean, you've uh, narrowed it down a little bit, James, but I, w- I won't try and press you on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, um, actually, I probably can say, I mean, it was I mean, Omar Bogle. I mean, he, he went off on a, a rant about, I just said, it's just, it's just appalling that they, that, you know, these people have been given jobs. I mean, that's, that's the harsh, it's not like they're semi-professional and they have work a job nine to five and, and then come and do this in their spare time. This is their professional job. And if we were continually performing at these levels, we'd get sacked. Um, oh, it's no something to change. But it's, it's when you're seeing him being wrestled to the ground. Um, you know, we, I've, I've seen less action in WWE than some of these. It's, it's, just, it's just a joke. Um, and is then it- clear and obvious... I mean, the linesman, like the linesman on Saturday, he wasn't even given corners. He was waiting for the referee to signal it was a corner before flagging it. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard that's more in the case that the referee is sort of directing him that he will give everything and the linesman's there just there to assist. 
So oh. I spoke. I spoke to someone who's um who's a referee, and he basically says that different referees have different amounts of power that they want to hold and be able to give decisions on. So you get a really bossy ref who tells you, "Look, I'm telling you, this is a throw in this way. You can raise your flag if you want, but I'm going to give it how I want it to be." And that's when you see referees start overturning. You know, the linesman who's given a, a free kick, and then what happens is the linesman stops giving those decisions and just lets the referee do it. Oh Jesus. So that's oh, what happens. They're told to butt out of it, basically. Oh, what's this? Oh, do you know what? There, there's some things with a game where you just... Because then you just have these arrogant refs who are nowhere near good enough ruining games for... I mean, look, that Luton game. I mean, the, how... You know, and this was someone... I think ref in the Championship or the Premier League after. Um, but, yeah, so we got we got that to contend with. Um you know, Ollie Hawkins has got that to contend with and, you know, just get dragged down to the, the floor and just accept that, that it that it won't be a foul. But um yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. I like think that. I think I think that by doing that though, he's creating space and I think that we we've all seen Lowe and we've seen Curtis and we've seen Evans, you know, making use of that space that's been created by the likes of Hawkins and Bogle, you know, being hassled so much at the top of the line. But now I think Pittman in that role in behind Hawkins is, is getting that space and getting that uh, that time as well. And he's he's reaping the benefits from it. How do you think Curtis looks? Like a player who's been injured and just come back from injury. Yeah, I would. Uh, I Do you know what? I'd, Slow off the mark, I'd say. I a bit, don't. A bit, a bit rattled. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like Ronan Curtis. Um, I think he, is, he can be absolutely critical to us. Um, if we, if we were to get to the playoffs, but I, for me, I think Gareth Evans has got to start in that position for the remainder of the season. Um, I mean, I, I really, I really do like Roden. I think he's cut, but um, at no point in the first half did I ever have confidence in him beating his man, um, or even the second half when he was attacking the Fratton end. I just, and that's really unusual. Usually, I'd bat Ronan every time. Um, but he just he just looked like a player who is just like a player who's knackered. Yeah, yeah, he does. He looks he looks a little bit slow off the mark. I noticed that he's he's looking for the pass every time, and that's not necessarily a bad thing for a player a lot of the time. But Ronan Curtis is one of those players, a bit like Jamal Lowe as well, who you want to be a bit selfish. You want him to take the ball on, and you want him to have a crack, you know, because that's where he, where he makes his money, really, isn't it? So when he's looking to pass all the time, or if he is doing it, it's a bit half-hearted. Is you know you, you start to worry, really? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's doing it half-hearted because I don't. I just don't think that's in his nature. I um, know. I don't. I don't mean from a passion it, point of view. I no, mean, no, no. He, I mean, he's half in the tank sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. I mean, if you compare that, I know you know that to the Roland Curtis. Um, the beginning of the season, and actually, the Ronan Curtis who came back against—he came back against Barnsley after being dropped and just looked like just looked like the old Ronan Curtis and looked just electric. Um, and that—that's the Ronan Curtis I want to see. And I mean, how well he he will take to to being to being benched—I I don't know. But um, for me, given the performance, I would. I would start Gareth Evans um, on Friday. I was about to say Saturday, Friday. No, no, I agree. And I think when we're going to preview the Burton game, we can we can have a deep dive in that and think about it because I think that apart from that, we, we sort of got the sort of got the team sorted, really. 
yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's too many changes. But there okay. was... Sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say, what we'll do is we'll move on to the next topic, James, because otherwise we're going to run out of time. Um, <laughs> so what we'll do is I'm just going to hit the stop record button because then I can press start record again. We'll go straight into it, but it just allows me to edit it easier because I'm lazy. Yeah, good man. Light yep. those yeah. yeah, all right, dude. I'm going to press stop and I'm going to press start again. Welcome back to part two of the PO forecast. And James, let's have a quick chat about Ben Close, who signed a new contract for two years with the option of another year. Are you, are you, do you think that's a good move? Oh, anyone who's listened to any football hour or <laughs> on Twitter knows that I absolutely love Ben Close. I've been saying for years, um, and this was even when Doyle and Rose were in the middle of the park. Ben Close is the best central midfielder we've had at the club for years. The lad is sheer class. Um, yeah, it's, it's an astound- I think it's a, an absolutely brilliant move by, by Kenny tying him up to um, a couple more years and a further one because I'm sure there's going to be championship clubs who are going to be asking the question in the summer, should, should we not get to sure. the championship? Um, he is His composure on the ball it seems like he's got you know while everyone else feels they've got two three seconds on the ball it feels like he's got 10 you never you never feel like he's going to give the ball away a lot of people I mean it astounds me that there are genuine Pompey fans with working sets of eyes who have not seen the class in this lad Um, I mean I granted his development this year since coming into the since coming into the starting eleven, um, has has definitely he's definitely improved and he's become an absolute um, animal. He's he's brought more of an attacking intent um, in, into his game and has scored a you know some he's scored a lot more goals. I think he he has in in previous seasons he's looking more of a threat going forward. He's still um, he's got a bit of aggression as well. Um, yeah. that he's built into his game. Um, and, you know, he's he's obviously seen what Ben Thompson um, has done and has looked to build on his already glowing attributes. I, I couldn't be a bigger fan of um, Ben Close uh, and g- genuinely delighted that we've got him. Uh, we've, we've got him for another three years. I mean, I said funny enough on Twitter um, and, and said it on the show, uh, that I thought that we didn't need to replace Ben Thompson because we already had his replacement lined up in Ben Close. So yeah, I remember. I remember the show. I was, I was listening in on it, and you got some very mixed responses, if I remember right. Mixed People thought I was an absolute idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you would be right um, on uh, on this issue. I'm delighted I got it right. Um, I genuinely don't think he gets the plaudits he deserves. I mean. Think how many times we've seen Connor Chaplin's name, even on Saturday when he scored. We've we've got to do something for Ben Close. Um, he deserves that at, at the very least. I, I really don't think he gets, and we will only know. I think most Pompey fans will only know how good he is until he's gone. No, I agree completely. I think Ben Close has also stepped up things. Like I was watching, I've been watching him play in the last few games and. 
well, since since January, really. And you think about the the positioning he takes up as well. Just these little things improve his game on. Uh, you notice he's standing in, in much more positive positions. So, you know, waiting for the ball to come out. And it's not a surprise that the ball seems to fall at his feet now in, in these, in these uh, advanced positions. I think that's credit to his football IQ, really, and having the confidence to push on now in this in this role that you said has been vacated by Ben Thompson, and he he's really rose to that challenge and taken that mantra on, um, especially as we said with with um, playing next to Tom Naylor as well, who's given him that a little bit of confidence, that bit of a nudge as well, and I think. Ben Close is one of these players now who's not only defensively sound, but he's he's the talisman for this football club. I think you just hit the nail on the head there with Tom Naylor because, as we were saying in the last part of the show, that you've got Tom Naylor as that security blanket sitting ahead of the back four. Ben Close knows that he can get the ball and can drive um, and can drive forward and can look to hit um, the two wingers and look to play passes uh, to the three, two wingers and try, um, you know, beating some men because if he does lose the ball. A, he's tenacious enough to try and get it back. And B, he's got Tom Naylor who's sitting in front of that defence and will win the ball back. So he he can be a bit more expressive. He can um, be show that attacking side to the game, which, you know, and as I say, Kenny Jackett said, yeah, well, Evans, uh, Evans and his energy came on and, and, and played well, but he puts it down to making the change of, of putting... Ben Close going to more of an attacking role. It will be interesting to see if Kenny sees Ben Close's role going forward as playing almost the Pittman role because he's tried it before and I think he might try it again. He won't do it this season, obviously, but it'll be interesting to see if, if Kenny is to be the manager for a, cu- you know, a couple more seasons, whether Ben Close's role evolves into playing uh, that number 10 role. Yeah, no, I, I think he's definitely capable of doing it. He, he's he got that sort of attacking midfielder vibe all over him. It's just that at the moment, Pompey need him, I suppose. He's more valuable to the team, isn't he, in the centre of midfield, really? That, that's where they need him. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, it's just... It's just to me. Any time he's got he's he's got the ball, I just he, you know he's going to find nine times out of ten, ninety nine times out of a hundred, he's finding a blue shirt. Um, he you know, and even where he's chipping the ball into to areas for for Lowe to chase or or for uh, Evans or or Ronan to chase. Um, I, I remember I think he got the nickname the Crab or something because people thought that you know he just played the ball left and right, but you know. The longer you've got the ball, the opposition don't. So, I mean, there's diff- there's many different viewpoints on how the game of football is was played. That, at, at was that like uh, Richard Hughes? You had the uh, Richard the hairdresser Hughes uh, nickname. <laughs> yeah. Because he only yeah, passed yeah, yeah. short short back and sides. <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, I think it's the the update <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah, like no. That. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know about that. No. I'm, I'm using that. I didn't know yeah. that. Richard the hairdresser Hughes. Yeah. Apart from that outstanding goal, wasn't it against Liverpool? Uh, that, that, yeah. that that almost clearance that he just looked like he just put his boot through it and it just flew in. <laughs> oh dear, he I, was a I quite like Richard Hughes. Yeah, he liked the club as well, didn't he? he? Played with a bit of passion and he really got his foot stuck in as well. But um, yeah, he definitely didn't have the attacking sort of sense that Ben Close now has going forward. But so yeah, no, nice one. Ben Close signed up for two to three years, so three years we one and two. I'm absolutely, you know, over the moon. I mean, let's, I mean, let's be brutal about it. Football is a business. Um, it's it's the same reason Matt Clark signed a contract extension last year. Um, 
you know, this is, um, you know, this is a move that just ahead of the summer, they obviously know that there are clubs interested and clubs looking to talk to, to Ben Close. This is, this is going to add a few more digits to the asking price. Um, if, if there were someone to come in and Ben say, actually, I'd, I'd quite like to, to, to try here. Um, not saying he has, not saying he will, but um, again, another, another really shrewd move by, um, by Mr. Catlin. No, massively. It's a huge, absolutely massive move. And I think all Pompey fans, if they're not happy about it, then they need to sort of check themselves, to be honest. Um, right, there'll be James. A few, there'll definitely be a few. There's always a few, isn't there? There's always a few haters around. Um, but yeah, not everyone can know everything about football, James. So that's how uh, it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, so just going on about the top five, and we're going to have a look at the different teams. I know this is, we'll just go through it lightheartedly, mate. But Luton Town, do you think they're champions? If you'd asked me that on last week's show, yes. Ask me that now. I mean, they've off the top of my head, they've. They've got to play AFC Wimbledon, don't they? I mean, that's I've got I've got the fixtures here. Let me read them out to you. So they're away to Atkinson Stanley next. Win. Home to AFC Wimbledon. Oh. Do you know what that is? That is a tough game because Wimbledon are right up against it, and they're a good form at the moment as well. I think they draw that, and then they go on to lose against Burton Albion. Okay, and then they've got a game, the last game of the season, at home to Oxford, who oh, could be safe. Under- I think they're safe, aren't they? Let's have a look. Well, they might under- be safe at that point. No, that's an Under Armour. I've got, I've got no fear. That's going straight on the accumulator. They'll batter Oxford. Yeah. They'll so, batter. I mean, Oxford have won four out of the last five and drawn one. Mm, no, nah, I think Luton will batter them. They're a much better team than Oxford. So uh, in that, that that gives them. Wait a sec. Let's go back to matches. So if they if they beat Atkinson Stanley, draw against Wimbledon, lose to Burton four five six, that gives them seven points. Which seven effect... points that puts them on ninety four. Yeah. It's so ninety four. We can get. Is it 95 or we 94? If we win every game, left, five threes, 50, 95 points. <sighs> A dare to dream. I think Luton will end up on 94 points. 94 uh, points. Okay. We're going to go through it, so we'll see what you think, James. All right? So, like Luton, I've got them, I've got them picking at 96 points because... I just feel that Wimbledon are, you know, are, are a good team, but I just, well, they're not a good team, but they're struggling. Right, they're, they're, I just, I just feel that they'll have enough. I feel they'll have enough. Yeah, I think they'll have enough to to get the win there. Um, if this game I, was being played in February. I'd agree with you. Actually, I, I, I would say it would be about four. It could be a humiliation. Um, four, five, six. It's. I don't ask why, and I don't know why it happens every season, but it's that old cliche of it where teams just become different teams towards the end of the season when they know they've got to pick up wins. 
Um, they know they've got to pick up. They know they've got to pick up wins and pick up points. Luton coming off the back of a Charlton loss as well. They've got to. They've got to react to that. This is a new. This is a new scenario for them in League One this season. They, is, they have. They haven't. It's massive. It's massive for them, isn't it? And they've they've got to really show that they're not going to. Well, you know, do a Doncaster of League Two or, or whatever you want to say. Um, they don't want to lose out in the last five games. No, and I mean, there's it now. I mean, it's seven points, but it could be four points with a um, if we win our game in hand. Suddenly, there's just that tiny bit of doubt for the first time in a long time. Luton now have a seed of doubt that we could get caught. Yeah, it's true. And we're talking about Charlton there. And they had an absolutely blinding win. 3-1. 3-1. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They're yeah. looking storming. So let's have a look at their games. They're away to Oxford next. Oh, they'll, oh, they'll, they'll wipe the floor with Oxford. Yeah. Then they got home to Scunthorpe. I've got a bit of that as a win as well. God, Jesus. Yeah, that could be about 10 goals between those two games. I just, I mean, Scunthorpe was so poor, and I saw they lost the other day. We'll say, talk about that more in the Burton game because they lost to Burton chilling at home. Away. Oh, chilling away. That's another win. And Rochdale at home. Who, Rochdale could need that win to stay up. I mean, I've, I think Charlton could get every, every, could win those four games quite comfortably. I'd give Charlton 12 points. Yeah. The only one that they could slip up is the Rochdale game. Um, but it depends if Rochdale are safe or not. I give them, I give them twelve. Worst case scenario, um, and they are, they are the team. If Pompey are to go into the playoffs at the end of the season, I do not want Charlton. I don't no. want. Them, I don't want them in the final. Um, I, I just avoid them. Um, to be quite honest, I'd rather they went up automatically and left us with Barnsley or Sunderland. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. They're playing... Their style of football really matches up well against us as well, I feel. I feel that, you know, we saw Barnsley come down to Fratton Park not long ago and Sunderland, we've seen them twice already. I think we've, you know, we, we more than match both of those teams, to be honest. But Charlton, they just seem to... We seem to go back into that Pompey defensive system where we all drop deep and we don't get the ball back and we're sort of chasing our tails around and I don't really fancy playing them. The lightning quick. Lyle Taylor up front is a um, is a real handful. Um, I, think, I can't remember who else he, he's got alongside him. Um, really, really quick striker. So naturally, our our lads sit off and give them a yard. And um, you know, it's there are Pompey fans out there who genuinely believe we've Charleston have not seen the best of Charleston have not seen the best of Pompey. Um, and that we haven't played well in any of the games we played against them, um, but I would, I would not be optimistic going into a Charlton Athletic playoff game. No, it would be difficult. I'd rather someone else knocks them out. So, go on, Donny, do us a favour. Anyway, I think um, so. Charlton, if we give them twelve points, that puts them on ninety-one points because they've got yep. seventy-nine now. So. And just for if you're interested in betting odds, I think Cholton on Sky today. I think they are three to one to get promoted, including the including the playoffs. That's a price. Yeah, that's a price. That 
I tell yeah. you what, I've, a little git sky bet. Um, so I'll see if they'll do a little double for me. Charlton to go up, Rochdale to stay up, and see what that pays. I'm sure that'd be pretty good, mate. To be honest. Yeah, Get on that. there's such oh, there's such <laughs> little. Like I had a, I bet on a horse on Thursday, got yeah. pulled out on Saturday morning, and they didn't give me my money back. Uh, it was crossed as anti post. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm th- I'm genuinely thinking of handing in a transfer request. Um, I like that. I like uh, that. Rupert, Sky... if you're listening, sort it out. <laughs> Sky Bet paid me out this season, mate. On um, on the Lee Brown goal. Oh really? <laughs> Yep. That is a disgrace. Yep, they paid me out on that. I was like, thank you very much. Lee Do you know what? Do you know what, actually? I say that's a disgrace. My mate, uh, what game was it? The FA Cup game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. My, we uh, took a mate of ours um, to into the front end. He's a massive Bristol Rovers fan. Absolutely huge. Um, and my mate who I was with um, as well, he's a Pompey fan. So he whacked on um, ridiculous money, I think, for a Lee Brown to score any time. Or was yeah. it Lee Brown first goal score? Whatever it was. And it's like, um, Skybet paid out during the game. I've never seen him cash out so quick. Exactly what I did, James. I just cashed out. Cash, cash, cash. And then I withdrew the money from my account. No, no, why? But just, <laughs> oh, just, yeah. to, just to double check, you know? <laughs> Credit to Stephen where it's due, because I know he listens to this. <laughs> he did get a round in in the faucet. And proceeded to wallop me at darts. Nice so one. It didn't, yeah, it didn't stay in his account for long. He, uh, fair play to him. Top lad, Stephen. Nice one, mate. Love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's have a think about this then. Let's go into the team that I feel actually aren't talked enough about. And there are reasons why. But Barnsley, they're currently second. Do you know what? <laughs> I didn't know they were second until my mate said it after the game I genuinely thought Barnsley were about fifth and out of it I didn't realise that if we slip up they're in pole position um, so that was a bit of an eye opener um, obviously there's a lot more talk, a lot more people talking about Barnsley uh, following the weekend than uh, there normally would be but um, it, that's going to be really interesting to see how how that changes if that changes the dynamic of it does that make the group of players stronger to rally behind their manager and run the extra yards for him um or is it just a huge distraction um so that it, do you know what that's going to be interesting how that plays out towards the end of the season i'm just looking at their their fixtures Shrewsbury at home um that's that's winnable Plymouth away, winnable. Blackpool home, winnable. <sighs> Bristol Rovers away, winnable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like to do worst case scenarios here. That that for me is twelve points. Yeah, no, I, I think so as well. And I think the thing is though, I'm actually going to put I'm actually going to put one in there. And I I actually think that Barnsley will, will actually drop a point away at Bristol Rovers. And the reason is is because they've they've been lacking a little bit uh, up front since Kiefer Moore's been out injured. Um, people will know you listen to the podcast quite a lot of Barnsley fans in my office and they've been struggling to score yes they got four goals the other day Fleetwood are one of those teams that open up we know Pompey scored shitloads against them too they got a player sent off as well it was all drama Fleetwood have just you know got their handbags twisted and stuff so 
I think that they'll slip up and they will fail to score in one of those games, making it a draw. So I'm going to give them three, six, nine, ten points. Ten points, ninety-two. So, so at the minute they're they're going up at this second in time by one point, and that puts Charlton. Interesting. Interesting. So, Barnsley on uh, 92 points. Um, you have Barnsley on 94 points. I have them on the same amount of points as Luton. 96 points. 94. That's correct. I just wrote it down wrong. Come on, mate. <laughs> it's fucking shit, isn't it? I've got one job here, James, my pad, which is to yeah. write write a number down and I'm fucking uh, Yeah. Oh good thing you're an interior designer, mate, and not a, a mathematician. It is interior oh. designing, isn't it? Well I sell I just sell the furniture, mate, for the interior, so I'm not really not really doing the actual designing. Hope for your client's sake you're not doing the fucking measurements. And go, oh yeah, no, well, yeah, sorry, did you say uh, 96 centimetres? Oh, sorry, I'll just... Uh, I do have to do that, I do have to do that shit, yeah. You know, right. if I have to do the drawings and stuff occasionally, but, you know, forget <laughs> it wrong, forget it wrong, I'll just keep the sofa, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, everyone's a winner. I'm sat on a sofa now, actually, which is donated from a work situation, which, oh, I, which I know some of work does listen, so it definitely wasn't my fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're lucky. My missus has I've been summoned to the to the bedroom. My missus is downstairs watching hey. whatever. So uh not <laughs> so uh yeah, and she's fed up of me talking about Pompey. I just realised what I said then actually. Take <laughs> 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 your mind's out of the gutter. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to do it, mate. I had to do it. Right, let's get back to this quickly then. Let's go to it and let's go. We've done Luton, we've done Charlton. So currently we've got Luton and Barnsley joint top and I don't know what the goal difference difference is. I'd assume Luton's is better, although I know Barnsley's stats are pretty good as well. Um da, da, da. goal difference. Well it's forty four to thirty seven, so it's not undoable, but no, I think what's that? Yeah, I can see Luton putting a couple of teams to the sword though. And as yeah. you said, I don't think Barnsley have it in their locker to go to put two, three teams to the sword. So basically you've got, we've got them going up on goal difference here you have. So let's have a look at the next team. We'll do Sunderland. Why not? Let's do this. Let's do Sunderland. This this is an interesting one. I think this is where the other teams have quite easy run-ins, don't they? Then there's us and Sunderland. So let's go. Sunderland, they've got Doncaster. I've got draw. Do you know what? I I think and I hope that they are going to absolutely bottle this. Um I've got Duncaster at home. Um I've do you know what I I think they they will either draw or lose that. Um do you know what I'm gonna go with lose. I okay. think they'll lose I, I think they'll lose away at, at Peterborough. Um I think we'll beat them. That's more optimism than it is uh, a definite prediction. <laughs> yeah, Fleetwood. I think they'll. I think they'll beat Fleet. Uh, do you know what? I don't even think they'll beat. I don't think they'll beat. I mean, they might beat Fleetwood on the on the Tuesday night. 
Um, and then South End, I think South End might need that might need that game uh, to stay up. So oh, this is a really stupid prediction. Um, let's say they beat Fleetwood. Uh, so they get a point against get a point against South End. Um, is it South End? South End away at Roots Hall for just let's say five. I mean, I've got them. That's a bold prediction, James. I like that. I mean, I've got I've got a point against Doncaster. Yeah. I think I think they'll draw again away at Peterborough. Yeah. I think they'll draw. What is it? They'll draw Doncaster. Draw of Peterborough. I think we'll beat them away at the Stadium of Shite. So that's two yeah. points. I think they'll get a win against Fleetwood because I think they they're shocking. Yeah. Uh, it's five five points. Um. And I think that they'll. I think they'll beat Southend away. At Southend are absolutely they're so shit at the moment. They they're plummeted out out of this league. You know they might as well start packing their bags. In my opinion, um, you know some of these games. It's do you know some like Accrington, Southend, Rochdale. Um, it's genuinely like those last game of the seasons are going to be it all depends on you we i really hope Atkinson play Atkinson are safe when we play oh, them absolutely they've got talent though they've got a team they've got a team of players who've got some some talent in we've seen them play well i just south end i know we i know we had the draw against them but they have been so appalling this it's been almost embarrassing to the management staff over there at Southend, in my opinion. It, it's it's been that bad. I, I feel Southend will be down by that last game of the season, and I don't think that'll be a problem for Sunderland. So how many points are you giving them? I'm going to give them three, six, seven, eight points out of five games. Still not a great return. No, eight points. So they're going to be on 88 points. Um, And you've given them five points, which will give them 85 points. Yeah. Cool. And then we've got Pompey. Right. The big one, James. The one I've been building up to. <laughs> um, I, I guess we're, we're going to go into these games in a bit more detail. Of uh, course. First, anyway, um, so I've got oh, that. You know what? If there's two teams you don't want to play in this league, first is Charlton, the second is Burton. So what we'll do, instead of going into part three and previewing it in a massive way, do you want to do it here or should we do it later on? This is in a, I'm in a nice situation. I can say, Hugh, you're the host. Love you that. Right, Pass let's do it. Do you know what I'll do? Do you know what I'll do, James? I'll give you a little lowdown on what I know about Burton, and then you can make your decision on it. Good stuff. Let's do that. Let's do it. Right, Burton Albion, people. So, da, da, da. obviously, Burton are ninth for the moment. Uh, manager Nigel Clough, and he likes to play good football. Um, what, what what we have to be worried about is Burton like to get the balls wide. They like to put the ball in the box, and they've got two very 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 good players in the air. 
um, who do score goals, but also create goals for each other. Um, most people will be aware of um, Liam Boyce, he plays up front for them. He's got 10 goals this season. He's an absolute handful in the box. He's also good with his feet. Um, you have to watch his movement. I saw him play against, well, watching the highlights against Scunthorpe anyway, and you just watch how he peels off to get this goal, and people seem to lose him in the box. He's got that sort of movement that, I don't know if you say about Pittman, but you know that player who always sort of peels off and makes that space for himself, um, and Matt Clark and, and co will have to actually watch him and keep an eye on him if we are to stop uh, conceding against them. Um, they've got another player called Lucas Atkins. He's massive. And then number 10, he can play as a wing back, a winger or a striker, which is strange for someone who looks like an absolute giant. But he's also got bags of pace. Um, he scored a header the other day at the near post, um, as well as Boyce scoring as well, as well with his head. Those two guys from corners, we have to be on guard. We can't let it, let it slip at any point. Otherwise, Burton will definitely punish us. Um, by expected goals ratios, Burton are one of the better teams in the league. They create a lot of opportunities. They've got a decent goal difference. We're not likely to batter them. Um, and generally looking forward now, they'll be a difficult team. Uh, in the last five games, uh, they're unbeaten. Um, they've got, they did a 3-1 win at home to Barnsley and a one all draw away at Sunderland. Amongst that were three other wins, including a game against Scunthorpe I talked about already. So, if we're looking yeah. for a game, James, this is a pretty difficult a difficult matchup for us, especially at home. They look pretty good as well. They've traditionally always been very good at home. Do you think the fact that Tom Naylor might put a word in might help us out now they're pretty much out of the playoff race? <laughs> um, do you know what? I I hope he does. Um, I mean, they, they've got to win out, don't they, to stand any chance, and even yeah. those chances are, are slim. Um I mean, whether they'll... I mean, I think they quite like it that they could decide who goes up and who doesn't. So you've got to be wary of that. I'm sure they're going to be out to to ruin ruin our season. Is that McCrory who used to play for us? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the um, Yeah, interesting story about him. He used to uh, rent the flat off my... Uh, the lady who did the finances at my work. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had a nice flat over, I think it was sort of Gunworth way. Uh, but yeah, over by the hard. Um, so yeah, he, we got, used to get a little inside scoop from uh, uh, from that. But yeah, no, he uh, uh, rather sort of one of those sort of forgettable players um, that he sort of didn't realise until his name pops up and went, oh, I recognise that. Oh yeah, you, you used to play for us. Um, but no, it's a, it's a really, really tough, Tough test. I actually think these next three games will determine whether we go up automatically or playoffs. I think if we win all three games, we're going up automatically. Um, I, I don't really, I, and this is going to sound ridiculous, um, I, I don't worry about Peterborough or Atkinson. I, I think, uh, I, although I've made out in the last part that, you know, Atkinson still could have some fighting to do. Um, I I don't think I think we we should do a professional job on both of those. Um, so for me, it's these three games. Um, Burton's a, Burton, I think, is actually the toughest game we've got. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, completely. I think it's a harder game than the Sunderland game. <coughs> I yeah, I, I I would echo that. Um, it's just, it, do you know what it's? 
everything about I've I'm actually really worried about this game. Um, it's on TV. It's you know f- Friday. Um, it's just got the omens of a, a a Pompey game where we just don't turn up. Um, and you know the expectation, the chance of it being in. Because I mean, let's be, this is the first actual. This will be the first game that the players will have knowing that it's in their hands. They they know now they are in pole position, um, and it's it's theirs to lose. I, I, you just hope that doesn't changes anything because now there's almost the the hunter being the hunted type uh, type scenario. Um, for me, it's it's a really they've got some really good players um, playing up front for them. They've as you said they've got a handful there. They, oh, yeah, we've got Matt Clark and Naylor's going to have to be on his game. Brown's going to have to be on his game. Thompson's going to have to be on his game. As is Burgess, who I think actually, considering the shit that Christian Burgess has had thrown at him um, by yeah, completely a minority, a minority of Pompey fans is a very loud minority. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the, the issue is is that the minority were very vocal and it sounded like... Sure. It was, I, mean, I, think, I think there's... If you're being fair about it, I think when Watmore got injured and Burgess came in, there were the majority of Pompey fans went, fuck. No, I think um, I did as well. Do you, listen back to pre- do you listen back to previous episodes? And I think I think it's fair to say, though, that you know Jack Watmore was so dynamo at the time and it, it took Christian Burgess a little bit of time to catch up to get to the level he is now. I mean, that's, I mean, facts are... Oh, but, you know, unfortunately for, for Christian, towards the beginning of his uh, return to, Le- to League One action, he, he did just sleep for, you know, critical moments of games and... It, you could say it may have cost us a few points. However, the Christian Burgess who's playing centre half at the minute again has come on tremendously. Um, yeah, he's absolute, absolute steal, mate. Oh, and do you know what? He's whereas before it was quite noticeable that sort of opposition players were putting their uh, putting putting men on Christian Burgess and putting their forwards on Christian Burgess and almost leaving Clark by himself. They're not doing that anymore. They're not leaning on Burgess because he's he's established himself um, and really you know really really improved. And I'm I'm delighted for him uh, because I think what what people have been giving him is just an absolute disgrace. Um, I agree. So yeah, so that's my two pence worth. At, at, the, <laughs> at, at the Wigan game, I was like to say that the Wigan fans are saying to me, "Do you know what that Matt Clark was good in the first half?" But I tell you what, Christian Burgess was absolutely outstanding second half, and he was the player that stood out to the most. Not even just with our attacking talent on the field. Yeah, yeah, he um, he's 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 looks. He's not he's not he's not just second fiddle now, is he? That's what I'm trying to say. Really, he's not just an accomplice. He he's really is a player in his own right, and the level of that he can be the best defender on some nights at the set. But yeah, like, but he's really going to be tested on Friday. Um, he is, mate. And Burton Albion, right? I'm going to ask you, James. What do you think the result's going to be? You know, I said it. I said it on the show on Monday. It's all one of those, do you listen to your head or do you listen to your heart? Um, my heart says we'll win this 3-1 um, and we'll, we'll nick, a, nick a killing goal uh, as, as Burton are pressing for an equaliser. Mm, 
my my head says that I don't know <clears throat> my head's saying we're gonna lose it, but it's saying we're dropping points. I'll go my heart, I'll go three one. Um I'll be positive, but um yeah, it's it's not a game I'm looking really looking forward to. No, it's it's not a game I'm looking forward to either. It's it's a, as we've said before, they're a tough opponent. The toughest opponent I think we're gonna face this you know, for the rest of the season. Oh, it's hard, mate. It's got in my head it's got two all over all over it in some ways, if I'm thinking logically, oh. you know. Do you take a draw against Burton? Yeah, yeah, I think it's fun. That's and that's weird thinking it, knowing that, you know, we're in a almost the you know, we've got to win out. Um and then it would rely on us, you know, getting getting other results. But I, I genuinely wouldn't be too despondent with a draw against Berlin. If that means we go into the playoffs, then so be it. But, um, they are, they really, I mean, because they had, what, 14, they, like us, had about, uh, or like, sort of, they're 14 days off or something around the, the checker trade trophy um final because i think they would maybe just play sunderland and that that game got uh that moved or sunderland moved the a game or whatnot on international fixtures or something so they've i mean they're not as fresh as they were um they would have had some games uh played so yeah it's um they're going to be relatively fresh compared to our lads no i agree and i'm I just, I, I just feel that this for me has got two wall written all over it. They're going to score goals. I feel that like we'll score goals as well. They'll let us play, and we'll both be going at each other at home. Burton, good team. You never know. We could squeeze it out. We could get a two-one win. But I think I'm going to stick with two all for this prediction's sake. God, didn't we? I'm sure we played them on the telly before, but I'm sure we played them. And who was that? Adam McGurk. Didn't Adam McGurk score like a screamer for them? The guy with the ponytail used to play for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that uh, yeah. cooked poisonous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sort of scouser yeah. chat, that is, isn't it? Yeah, he's a really weird bloke. But yeah, no, he, um, I wonder where he is. He's Adam McGurk? Disappeared. Yeah, disappeared off the face of football. Shall I look it up? Adam McGurk. Where is he? Playing over in Ireland or something. Northern Ireland. He's oh god, he's oh recently played for Morecambe as a striker. He's well, he must be doing well. Oh god, he's playing for Chorley. Oh, wow, Christ, how the mighty have fallen! What a what a fall from Jesus! <laughs> that is cool, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds oh. like a cookie might have been right on that one, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, he, um, well, he was the one that signed him. So, uh, yeah. yeah. There you go. It's his problem, isn't it? Yeah. So, so if we if you mark that down, you got them down as a win. I've got it yeah. down as as a draw. Um, it could be either way, couldn't it? But we'll just have to see it as that. So, next one, though. Coventry at home. Yeah, there's one to stick your money on. Connor Chaplin scoring. I don't know whether uh, it's a consternation or in the first minute, but Connor Ex Pompey players rarely ever score at Fratton Park, do they? He will. Chaplin. Yeah, will. of course they Chaplin do, mate. Scoring. Of course and they do. I, 
Um, he's he's going to be carrying my cash as well, so he better bloody score. Um, do, you think, do you think he's? Um, do you think he'll celebrate these scores, James? Do you know what I? I have absolutely no problem with him celebrating if he does. He um, he won't uh, he won't celebrate, but I don't have a problem. You know, he's a Coventry player. It's it, it doesn't sit right with me when players don't celebrate because they don't want to offend their fan. The end. You know, we know he's a Pompey fan. I mean, for Christ's sake, we were singing his name about being one of our own on Saturday. Um, oh, he he won't celebrate. And I'm, I think everyone's just delighted that he's playing football and scoring goals. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem if he did. Although uh, he did celebrate, although I don't think he, I don't think he will. Um, I remember that. What was it? It was a game on. When was it? Is it September or October on Tuesday night? Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the first game, and it was a real tough watch. I remember that. Um, I think. We've definitely improved from that performance. Um, I think Coventry uh, may may have improved. I mean, they put five goals past past Sunderland as well, and, and showed some some real some real character, didn't they? Because every time Sunderland kept kept closing the gap and getting equalisers, we were just saying in the stands, we were just waiting for that that killer blow from Sunderland, and thankfully it never came. And 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 Chappers did the business. So they've got goals. They've got. Uh, they're certainly not lying down um, at the minute, which um, you know we could do with them losing really on uh, on, on Friday. So there is really nothing to, for that for them to play for. Um, so I, I genuinely think this result. I think will beat Coventry. I think so too. I think the thing about Coventry is. Um... As advanced stats-wise, they are the third best team in the league. Um, they create the most chances, and unfortunately, they've not been able to find a way to put those chances away. So it's a bit odd. I think there's something like fifth in total in across all four leagues in um, ch- you know clear um, high danger chances being created, but they're also not that behind scoring. Um, I think they're only behind a few teams like Luton, and we include the Man Cities of the world in this in these stats as well. So that is that is a bit of an odd one. If they could get a absolutely lethal striker, which I suppose is what they thought when they were getting Connor Chaplin, and I think he could still develop into a, a better goal scorer for them. He's been injured and stuff as well. Um, they would be a, a really formidable team to play against. However, the game against Sunderland is a fucking anomaly the other day, if I'm honest. And yeah. Coventry are absolutely a streaky team. You know, the game before that, they drew against Bristol Rovers 0-0. The game before yeah. that, they drew with Barnsley 2-0. But the game before that, they lost to Oxford at home 1-0. So, yeah. they're, they're a really streaky team. And I don't see it for them. It's what you say, they seem to go win-lose, win-lose, draw, win, draw, win, lose. And unfortunately, that's why they're behind the likes of Doncaster... Um, and not in a playoff place, really. So, fucking, I tell you what. When I said the game's about levels earlier on, that goes to broadcasting as well. I don't do any of this. Jesus Christ! Uh, yeah, I, I, need to, I need to. I need to get onto your levels. Uh, you know, danger chances, high, high pressure situations, goals and stuff, <laughs> and tables and stats. Oh, it's an education being on here. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, 
I do you know what I still think I mean it, it surprises me um that they've created I suppose Chaplin hasn't really been um been starting for them uh but they've created those chances and, and he hasn't put them away because you know I I I still maintain that we could have built a Pompey team around Connor Chaplin um you know he is just he's got real striker's instinct um Although I think with the way Wally Hawkins and you know the signing of Bogle as well probably tells you why um, why, why why Chaplin was allowed to leave. Um, just doesn't fit into the system, does it? That's the doesn't problem. fit into the system. I think do you know what? It wouldn't shock me if he was too small, um, too small for Kenny. Um, I know, sort of, you know, Cook Cook couldn't didn't want to play Bennett and Chaplin because he thought even in League Two the team was too small. So whether that changes as you go, um, whether whether you go sort of up the leagues and this is where somebody throws the, the Lionel Messi uh, debate into 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 picture. But no, it's, it's a commentary on a you know a bit of a mixed run, win loss, draw draw win. Um, hopefully they go into into that game on a on a loss. Um, on Friday, they've, you know, the, the game's on the telly. They've got players who I'm sure are out of contract, knowing they've got a real opportunity to showcase themselves in front of the sky cameras um, and get themselves a, a new club for the for the next season. So, you know, they're they're gonna they're gonna raise their game. They're they're playing in front of a. Um, was going to be a capacity crowd. It was going to be a lively crowd. Yeah, sold uh, out, isn't it? Sold out. Uh, yeah, I, I still think I, I, I think we'll win that game. Um, but I think it's going to be tougher than what what some people think it it might be. Yeah, no, I think we'll win it as well. I'm thinking, but I'm thinking more of a two-one sort of Pompey style win when we go two up, get one back, and then hold on for shitting ourselves for for twenty minutes. Um, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the sort of win I'm I'm expecting, and I expect Connor Chaplin probably will pick up that goal. He'll come on, make an impact, score a goal, and we'll be shitting ourselves for the rest of uh, rest of the game. I tell you um, what, this is a debate for uh, another podcast, but we the how. How many more times have we can we sort of, you know, just win by the odd goal? It's just, it's just daylight making things easy would be would be nice. Well, you think so, wouldn't you? Looking at the, the results up here, Wickham three two. I mean, you look at the other games we won two 0 two 0 but for that, it's one goal difference against Walsall. I suppose it's not as bad as you think when you're looking at it. I suppose it's one all, three three, one all. I mean, I think because we went through that period in particular of drawing so many games and then winning a few by a goal here and there, it has certainly. I think two one is actually our most popular winning scoreline this season. Um, yeah, it's something something we need to just need to find a way of. I'm sure, this is the magic formula which is everyone everyone's looking forward to just finding a way to score more goals, be more clinical and uh, make games, you know, and put games to bed. Then well, again, you should have done that with Southend and uh, look what happened. Well, that's an excellent segue, James, onto the next team, which is Sunderland, who statistically by expected goals are about mid-table. They don't actually create that many chances. 
However, they do tend to put away chances when they get them. Um, so I think Sunderland create a lot less chances than us. Um, and that's why I buy all expected goals models. I mean, I, was, I went on Roker Report and did their um, preview podcast for the game December. As soon as I mentioned expected goals on the podcast, I, when it got published, I got barricaded by an insult of Sunderland fans going, oh, no, another one of these people who likes stats. Everyone says we're shit because of that. <laughs> not saying not saying they're shit. I'm just saying they take the chances well they have, but don't create that many high danger chances. So hyped piece. Oh, they're just overhyped red and white shite. Oh, <laughs> it's just they they are where they are for a reason. If you spoke to every any Sunderland fan going into this season, not one of them thought they'd be in this position. They would have they thought they would be up by about March and would have bossed the league, had gone round on their League One Champions Tour, um, and it has not turned out to be the case at all. Um, and what yeah. Aidan McGee is doing in League One, I don't know. He's a, he's, I think he's a, a real class act. Uh, we should have signed him on loan, shouldn't we, James? He would have been a good addition to the team. I think he would have. Uh, I think he would have taken a bit too much of the wage bill. To be quite yeah. honest, he's, he's on uh, fifty grand a week. I think he is. Yeah, I could do with being on those kind of numbers. I'm not. I'm yeah. not sure what he's on, but just uh, for a week, yeah, just for a week, yeah, just for <laughs> yeah. price, yeah. That would that would do nicely. That would that pay the mortgage for a bit. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know talking to Sunderland people that Lee Catamore took a pay cut to take forty grand a week Jesus. in League One. I'll do that. Boss tomorrow. I mean, I'd take a pay cut for forty grand a week. Um, but no, it was, I mean, they got that that honeyman as well, who um, the, yep. the star of the Netflix show. Um, that uh, he seems to be scoring at the minute as well. Um, I, I, I just, I would, I fancy, I fancy Pompey to nick a result there, and that for me, depending on how, what you know, if my predictions are right. Um, that would be the final nail in Sunderland's coffin. Yeah, no, I think so. And I think that if if that's it's the case, and promotion, I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah, so do I. And I think that they'll have to try and go back to Wembley, and whether that will help them or not, I, you know, from what happened before and the way they overhyped themselves so much for the Checker Trade Trophy. If I'm honest, like obviously both sides wanted to win the competition, but. You know, Sunderland went there like it was the World Cup and then didn't make any noise in the stand, but seemed to burn all their energy out, dancing around in Trafalgar Square, thinking that's what um, counts as taking over London. But moving <laughs> on, whether they actually do that again, considering what happened if, you know, last month, I don't know. Whether that will rattle the fan base a bit more, I don't know. But these are all potential you know, things I think might happen going forward. I think we should beat Sunderland. I think Sunderland will be shitting themselves if we go actually go get your results in particular, James. But if we manage to beat Burton and beat uh, Coventry and go to Sunderland after a couple of results, we said they'll, they'll struggle. I think they'll, they were, they're not going to be favouring themselves for it. So I that's think we, you need a Ronan Curtis, don't you? You need yeah. a Ronan Curtis who is just going to mouth off to everything and everyone and just wind them up and wind them up and wind them up. Um, you know, if, if Ronan Curtis is, is the start in, in that game. Um, but, you know, we've, they, they're, you know, they're, their fans are a bit 
sort of myth that their their player was sent off, wasn't it? The, the game at Fratton yeah. Park, and that ruined any chance of them winning. Yada, it was yada. a red card. He put they it was, deal with Hawkins' pace. It was, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, they they didn't exactly. I didn't think they looked good at all in that game. Um, I mean, first half, I actually I, I thought they they looked like a decent team. Um, let's get it right. Second half, we we absolutely battered them um, from from pillar to post, and a draw was a a, a fair result. Um, well, like after ninety minutes, yeah. um, and actually, I, I, I say it was a fair result. They were they were lucky to get that goal in that goal in injury time. So if we go into that game off the back of a win against Burton um, and a win against Coventry. Um, our lads are going to be going in there with a swagger and an arrogance uh, that they that they can get the job done and believe they can get the uh, and know they can get the job done. Right? I mean, they'll go in there believing, but the difference is if they go in there knowing that they can get the result, it makes a huge difference. Despite the fact it sounds like I'm spouting bollocks, um, but no, I, no, I agree, I completely agree. Uh, I, 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 I see us. Let's chalk that up with a big fat W on it uh, against Scumberland. Um, moving on, Peterborough. Oh, we'll, that's a win. We'll win. So, what you mark these down as wins? I'm sure you'll you'll talk about these in, in more depth. But yeah, um, Peterborough. That game's been put there for a reason. Um, for me, our our season, our season is these next three games. Um, and if yeah. we do not get promoted after winning these next three games, we're in trouble in the playoffs. I agree, and we have to look as well with Peterborough. I remember, I think it was was it last season we played them last game of the season or a game before the end of the season, and they also didn't weren't in the round the playoff mix, and they just didn't bother at all. They were just so. I mean, there's not bothering. And then Peterborough just turned up and they, they just didn't even bother looking up for it. The goalkeeper kicked it off for a throw-in three or four times and just shrugged. And I, I don't see I don't see Peterborough coming at us at all. I think that would be, be a nice win. They're going to be in contention. Well, they could be in contention. It depends it depends if they're in contention for the playoffs or not. Um, I, I, I just don't. I just think if we got those three wins, I think, I would back our players to get definitely the win against Peterborough. And... Well, who have Peterborough got to play first? Let's have a look and see if that's right at all. They've got to play Fleetwood away, Sunderland at home, Walsall away before playing us. Well, that, I tell you what, they'll beat they'll beat Fleetwood. They've got a game in. So they're seventh, sixty-four <laughs> points after sixth, sixty-nine. Peterborough got a game in hand, so if they win that, takes them to forty-seven. That. I tell you what, they should beat Fleetwood, and then that makes that game against Sunderland at home, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, before going away to Walsall, who struggling, but at the same time not an easy place to go, I'd say. Um, us and then Burton on the last day game day of the season at home. And Burton, oh, oh no, Burton or oh Christ, they've got what? They just got hope Doncaster lose every game. Yeah, I don't see that happening personally. Good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. And then we've got Accrington Stanley, which will be the party that hopefully, I think people, I think it sold out absolutely ages ago, didn't it, this game? I think people yeah, just thought, yeah. 
when we were on that run, people just snapped tickets up to this game, thinking it was going to be a massive yeah. party, and then it just sort of flipped after that. Oh, <laughs> other than my mate, if anyone's listening has got a spare ticket, message me for that Hackington game. Um, I've got a mate who, for reasons only known to him, uh, decided until a cut last uh, last week or two weeks ago to try and get a ticket for that Atkinson game. So if anyone's got a spare one, let me know. Um, but that could be an absolutely awful game to sit through because if my maths is correct or my my predictions are correct, we have to win that. Yeah, and I think I think we will win the, win that game as well. Atkinson Stanley, you know. Uh, I think they could be safe by that time, and I think that it will be should be a formality game. I think you know what will what? be, be stressful, mate. No, you go on then. One one thing I haven't thought of is do going into that game knowing that all they've got to do is win, and there is a we've seen what happened. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're going to say it's now. Done. We bottle it, and we bottle it, and we bottle it on the last day of the season. It would be the most Pompey thing in the world. Um, Colton in the playoffs. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I'm gonna bat this team. I, I didn't think I'd be saying that a month ago, two months ago, um, when I thought, I thought any chance of any chance of the automatic promotion has has gone. But I think the way this side's developed over the past couple of couple of uh, well, uh, the past month actually since since Kenny Jackett laid the challenge down to him and, and Pittman's come into the starting 11 they've looked like a, uh, a different animal and one that I my heart says can can get five wins out of five and into the best league in the world next season well James I love that and let's have a look and see where it's going to place us and where it's going to place well, I'm going to be placed because I'm I'm going two points less than you, mate. Because I think that I think, and I'd I want you to be right. Do you know? I really want you to be right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. And like, it could happen. Don't get me wrong. I just I just feel that this Burton game is just a it's a banana skin. It's a they're a good team. I I've just got this nagging doubt that it's going to be a draw. So well, certainly, you do you do think that we. There is something in the back of my mind that says we're going to drop points along the way, whether mm. it be Burton or whether it, it be elsewhere. I mean, you've you've got Pompey now on ninety-five points, right? Yeah. Which would actually make us champions. <laughs> on your prediction. So maybe I need to redo them then. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, if that's ninety-five, yeah. No, that's that's interesting because if you'd asked me the question before, yeah, which I did, which you did, I I would have or said who would be champions of League One, I'd probably say Luton. And so I, I did. I thought, oh, it would be it would be Luton, and there'll be a you know it's the you know there's it's beginning to creep into my mind. They might not be or. Um, so it's interesting that now going through those that hypocritical James is at it again. Well, you never know, mate. And the fact is, we did talk about Luton in that sense. And if you look at the points that they've got, we've got you've got Pompey followed by Luton, 
and then Barnsley on goal difference in third place, yeah. followed by Charlton, followed by Sunderland. Yeah, so oh, 91, Sunderland so we, 85. So Charlton, Sunderland playoff game. That's right, Barnsley playing either Doncaster or Peterborough. I'd have it charting up then. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. That's three to one. Sounds good then, mate. Um, Lumping on that. So I've got it. On the other hand, I've got Luton winning the league. Barnsley and us being level with Barnsley having a better goal difference. I guess they go up as second unless we rump our league. So that leaves us in third. That leaves Sunderland in fourth. No, sorry, Charlton in fourth, Sunderland in in fifth, and um, I'd say Doncaster in sixth. So we'll play Doncaster. Sunderland can smash Charlton against my against my biggest thoughts because it's not going to happen. Actually, do you know what? We'll, we'll end up playing Charlton in the final, in the oh, playoffs. That's, that would be... I will need some beer to get me through that because that could be a tough watch. Although, I mean, you say that. If, you, if we're drawing with Barnsley on goal difference, mm-hmm. there's a, so a six-goal swing needed. Yeah. have got a game in hand. It's quite possible, then, in that sense, because if we've got Barnsley dropping points, I'm sure I haven't won a game, they're going to draw a game there as well, which means that... Yeah. Have you yeah. said Barnsley going to lose? I think as a, they're going to draw, and so oh. then we'd actually have to. I think I think we're still going to be go third on, on my predictions on on goals. Um, I don't see us romping either. We discussed the games against Sunderland, Burton, Coventry, etc. So I'm probably going to say it's not going to be a six goal swing. No, it's gonna. It's a tall order. Yeah, but you never know, James. And that's why we do these things, so we can try and work it out. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Hopefully, when we uh, we next speak, I, I was uh, I was right with with fifteen points, and it's uh, you can put your feet up and, and watch and four other teams uh, go through uh, go through torture. Although some of those playoff dates are tasty, aren't they? Mate, I put yeah. them in my calendar. I sent I sent them to my boss, by the way, who's a Barnsley fan, and the other guy in my office are. So I I, I sent them a, che- a cheeky email saying, you know, put this into your diary, lads, um, you know, <laughs> in case you miss out. Good work. What's that? Oh, what, I was looking through them. I think option B, isn't it? It's just sound. I think you go the away game is on a Sunday, or the the first game is on a Sunday, and then a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, which sounds absolutely ideal. Oh, I think it's going to be awesome, mate. And I believe the playoff final is on the Sunday, the bank holiday, last of May. Is it the 29th? Yeah, we've got a, uh, a house party the day before. <coughs> so we'll be making sure everyone's cleared out by about 11 o'clock. Just That's carry on. It. Just carry on drinking. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, that might, might not be the wisest idea. If we've got uh, Charlton... Maybe just it carry does. on. <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah, that could be quite a good shout, actually. Don't sober up, mate. Just carry on. And then if we win, <laughs> it's great. You don't remember much, but, you know, it's all good. And if we don't, then, you know, you go to bed and what happened? 
I'll be that drunken idiot who you're just ashamed your fan, but you have to associate with because he's on your fan. <laughs> <laughs> Not thinking of any names in particular. Um... No, you know what? I wasn't even thinking of him. But yeah, case in point. <laughs> yeah. James, mate, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I think we're done. I think we've been an it hour. Right. It's almost two hours. Yeah, yeah. It's probably. I think it's the longest episode we've ever done. Jesus, I can talk some shit. No, uh, both can, mate. It's awesome. I think that was a really good deep dive into the into the well, the whole running. Really, I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. I bloody well, hope so. Otherwise, yeah. they're set for a very long forty minutes. <laughs> All right, dude. Um, what's going to say? What are you doing now? Obviously, everyone knows you're on Express FM. Do anything you want to plug or talk about apart from the usual stuff? um yeah i mean it's just gonna be um i mean for anyone that's still listening well done firstly for uh getting through all of that um if you're not sick of uh my voice uh keep uh head over to uh expressfm.com if you're living outside portsmouth or you're living in portsmouth express fm on dab radio we've got uh three football hours a week uh monday thursday friday myself jake smith we have a pompey player in every thursday i believe it's Dion Donoghue this Thursday, so by the time it goes out, um, uh, he might be too late. Uh, and then uh, Ben Close, I believe it's Ben Close the week after. Uh, nice. Have to clarify that. And then obviously the the Mondays are a therapy um, slash celebration session. So it's you know it, it's it's brilliant to hear as many views and as many points as you can especially with the players as well it's a it's a great opportunity just to, to ask players you know questions which you you know you don't usually get access to the, this level of access so it's it's just a brilliant opportunity um and i, I couldn't um i couldn't recommend it uh high enough for you to get your text tweets and emails in and hopefully you'll be Towards the end of the season, you'll be the roles will be reversed, and we'll get you on in, a, in on a football hour. Mate, I'm always up for doing it, literally. So, dude, diary, dude, we'll diarise that up. We'll get that sorted, mate. It's been awesome talking with you, and um, hope you enjoy the different format doing a podcast. This is always different to radio, yeah, and it um, it's there's there's usually a bit of a break in between. Um, and, and do you know what? I'm usually the other side of it. I'm sort of doing doing the hosting bit, so I can like sort of light the fire and let people explain. It's it's quite difficult on the other side. It's quite uh, it's a different it's a different set of challenge. Um, but no, it's definitely nice to do. And also, if you're uh, I'm trying to whenever I get a, a few spare minutes, uh, get uh, get an article up for on the Pompey News Now uh, website. Um, so give it give it a read like my other fellow writers a, a real uh plethora of uh, a talent you've you've acquired mr bunce yeah just trying to get everyone together mate to get some good writing going so um yeah everyone check out our new stuff we've already got i think three or three new articles out already in the last week so good stuff good nice stuff. one james mate it's been an absolute pleasure um we'll Better. stop it here because we've been we've been ages and um yeah speak soon speak soon take it easy mate Cheers, dude. Bye. Cheers. Bye. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter 
for more information. And there is the full-time whistle.